Hello, I'm Mustafa Al-Rawi, the National's Assistant Editor-in-Chief. For World Diabetes Day, we're bringing you a very important discussion hosted by pharmaceutical company Boehringer Ingelheim. We're going to examine the links between type 2 diabetes and cardiovascular diseases, something that perhaps isn't as well understood as it should be. Our hosts, Boehringer Ingelheim, have assembled a panel of experts who are going to run through these topics with us. We have Dr. Abdullah Shahab, who's a consultant cardiologist. Hello, Dr. Abdullah. Thanks for being with us. Hi. We have Dr. Mohammed Hassanin, a senior consultant in endocrinology. Hi, Dr. Mohammed. How are you? Assalamu alaikum. How are you? And we have the general manager and head of human pharma at Boehringer Ingelheim Gulf, Osama Al Hajj. Hi, Osama. Hi, thank you. This is a very important topic that we're looking into, that perhaps those who are either suffering from type 2 diabetes or know someone who is or are generally interested in, in the healthcare aspects of this uh, needs to perhaps know that cardiovascular diseases is an important aspect of this illness. Uh, but perhaps maybe we need to take a step back and, and, and perhaps first say, you know, what is type 2 diabetes? How does it differ from type 1 diabetes, let's say? Um, can I bring you in on this, Dr. Mohammed, first, maybe to give us just a broad stroke on that? It's important for all of us to understand diabetes in general. Specifically, type 2 diabetes is a type of problem that is quite prevalent in the Middle East and in the Gulf region. It's a problem that is related to age, as well as genetics, as well as sedentary lifestyle. So you end up with the pancreas being tired and not producing enough effective insulin. And that's a problem that gradually gets worse with the progress of age, as well as if we put extra burden on the pancreas, such as excessive weight or eating the wrong food or not being physically active enough. If I could ask, what are the kind of risks of type 2 diabetes, uh, Dr. Mohammed? Well, when you have high blood glucose levels uh, running for many years, it has effects on different parts of the body, the heart, the brain, the kidneys, the eyes, the nerves, almost all the important organs. And that's why it's important to think of getting the blood glucose levels uh, a bit better. Also, the problem of type 2 diabetes, it's frequently is associated with other medical conditions such as high blood pressure or perhaps raised level of fat in the blood. And all these are risk factors for the major organs such as the heart and the kidneys and the brain. So, Dr. Abdullah Shahab, if I bring you in at this point, you're, you're a cardiologist, but I mean, you come across these associated uh, risks with, with type 2 diabetes. Uh, what do you see when you do receive a patient who is a type 2 diabetic? What Dr. Mohamed Hassanin said, I think, is important. You know, type 1, he said, is, you know, something you're born with, but part 2 is this lifestyle. It's just what acquired. This is because of, you know, patient himself or herself or due to the environmental. So they come to us very late, actually. You know, what happens to this patient with diabetes end up having either heart attack, which is, you know, that normally we see them in, in, in our um, CCU, or they come with a heart failure or some kind of arrhythmias. Then we discover them. Sometimes they discovered, you know, by, by accident, you know, so patient maybe go for something else because these patients have other risk factors like high blood pressure or abnormal cholesterol or a bit obese. Then they discover they have diabetes. So really they discovered, you know, because of the sugar, but already established some cardiovascular problems in advance, like what I've already just mentioned. So they are so prevalent, you know, we've done lots of registries in the in this region, 
And um, you know, uh, we looked at the, among the heart attack patients, they represent about up to 70%. So up to 70% of our heart attack patients got diabetes. That's really, you know, compared to the, in the world. And, and actually like 15 years younger. So it's, it's just really, you know, that's why it's important, diabetes. So, Sam, I bring you in here from the point of view of Boehringer Ingelheim. Um, you look at type 2 diabetes, it's something that's concerning. It, it's, a, it's an issue that needs to be dealt with here. Now, type 2 diabetes prevalence is very high, as Dr. Hussain mentioned, in here in UAE and in the Gulf region in general. And actually, uh, we at Boehringer Ingelheim are committed to improve patient life across the MIA region. And that's why if you look here in UAE, according to Emirates Diabetes Association or Society, almost 74% of patients in UAE do not believe that type 2 diabetes is associated with increased cardiovascular risk. So the prevalence is high, the risk is high, and we have to tackle this issue. And, and so who who could be most at risk from developing type 2 diabetes? What we have been seeing in the region, which is maybe different than Western societies, is that the prevalence of type 2 diabetes is starts in the 20s and the 30s, which is quite alarming. Um, because obviously the effect is accumulative effect. So if I start the medical condition when I'm maybe 30 years old, then the chances of having problems 10, 20 years on the line will be quite high. And 10, 20 years on the, on the line will be when I'm in my mid-40s or early 50s at the peak of my productive age. And that's very different from the problem in Western society, which is a problem that happens in people in their late 60s or even beyond. So we need to be careful so that we can address all those at risk at the earliest signs or even before the signs start, knowing that maybe my lifestyle is sedentary or I am overweight. And indeed, for those who have family history of type 2 diabetes, need to be extra careful because if they were to develop the condition in their 30s, let alone in their 20s and sometimes even teenagers, then the chances of the burden of the medical condition on the person and on the community would be quite high. So to, to sum up, there are lifestyle issues at work here. There, You could be suffering from obesity. There could be hereditary issues. Uh, the elderly are susceptible to it. So, so it's some, on, on the plus side, it's something that you can be aware of and monitor and perhaps um, make sure that you don't suffer from it. But at the same time, uh, these are quite common factors, I assume, uh, particularly in, the, in this region uh, with some of the lifestyle habits that, that we have. One of the fascinating points when you look into a deep dive into the data from the region itself is it's not just about being overweight, but being inactive. So when we look into the prevalence of those who, people who are active, it is half that of, of those people who have a sedentary lifestyle. So the key messages in such an important month of November of everyone is aware of diabetes is being physically active, even if you did not lose weight, is very important. So I wonder, you know, we'll get into the details of, of kind of the link with cardiovascular diseases, but just at least from a basic level, one of the issues with heart disease is people who don't live as healthy a lifestyle as they can do. But then there's also your family history and, and genetics when it comes to uh, cardiovascular diseases. So for, from that point of view, uh, you know, Dr. Abdullah, do you, what do you see more of? People that are kind of creating these risks for themselves or people that have them in their, in their background anyway? We just recently published a, 
a systematic review. That means you, you look at the, all the, the studies being done recently in the field of cardiovascular risk factors, which is include starting from dyslipidemia, which is high cholesterol, high blood pressure, and diabetes. We looked at 200,000 patients, and this is in the Middle East, by the way. So the prevalence, our prevalence in this part of the world is double what's in the, in the rest of the world. In the rest of the world, cardiovascular uh, prevalence is about 4%. Ours is about 10%. And number three risk factor is diabetes. So it ranges from you know, 12 to 24. So an average 16 percentage. This kind of diabetes, what Dr. Mohammed said, type 2, it is acquired. The some come from the lifestyle. You know, we, we blame sometimes the genetic. That's easy to blame because you cannot change. But things we can change in our hand, we don't want to put, I mean, majority is lifestyle uh, contributed. Uh, you know, up to 75 percentage, and uh, this come from you know the way we eat, the way we walk, the way we you know look at our our kids nowadays. Look at their obesity. You know, it's, it's really it's prevalent everywhere. Look at the stress they are they're through. They look at the junk food they have. So this come from that kind of lifestyle, and um, that's why you know when this is again part of the metabolic syndrome, which Dr. Mohammed Hassan is an expert in. This is five component to there. That's high blood pressure. High uh, triglycerides, you know, central obesity, uh, having abnormal uh, HDL, which is a good, good cholesterol. All this linked nicely to, to what we get uh, from, from, you know, uh, adverse effect, cardiovascular effects. It is directly contributing to the cardiovascular. I hesitate to ask this question because, uh, you know, to your point, Dr. Abdullah, we're not, I'm not trying to, to say that we shouldn't, you know, be trying to prevent uh, these, these illnesses from occurring. But can type 2 diabetes be cured w- once you have it? You know, something you acquire, I, this is what I, of course, again, Dr. Mohammed Hassan says is our opinion. So I think anything you acquire it, it is, you have to have some, the way you acquired it, you have to able to control it or to, to some extent, cure it. Diabetes, although it's a chronic disease due to many pathophysiology behind it, but I think majority of it is acquired. So if I'm able to control the contributor to that, then I'm I'm sure we're able, if not cure it, at least control it. Uh, If I can come in here, I mean, Dr. Abdullah Shahab is is very right that the bulk of the problem is acquired. Now, as he he rightly also mentioned that genetics are there and we, we we, this should make us being conscious about the individual risk, and we should not put extra risks. But can I cure diabetes in a, in a small number of people who their problem could be modified to a large extent? Maybe they have a very poor lifestyle and they change it completely, then they can gain some years without diabetes. But we need to understand that the problem also is related to being susceptible to the condition. It's like having someone with gray hair. Some people get massive gray hair when they're quite young. Some people get it much later in life. But the point here is, I cannot change the things that are genetically uh, present and I inherited them, but I can change the things that are related to my lifestyle. What I eat, how much physical activity, do I smoke or not? All of these factors are really quite important. You treat the condition, number one, by changing your behavior, which are all the points that we've just mentioned. Increasing your physical activity. All of us have smartphones. If you target 10,000 steps per day, then you can, if you do not have diabetes, you're just at risk, you can possibly 
um, remove that risk. If you already have diabetes, being physically active is quite important. Cutting down specifically on the food that is rich in carbohydrate. And that's in layman's terms, the bread, the rice, the potatoes, the sugar, the, the anything made of flour or corn or rice. And of course, sugar itself, whether it is obvious sugar or hidden sugar. Hidden sugar such that's in, in, in fruits or in desserts, or of course, the sugar that we add. On top of all this, we have an array of options of, of medication in the form of tablets or injections. We are lucky nowadays that we have um, uh, quite a large options that maybe were not available to us 10 years ago that can help people to protect against the effects of high blood glucose levels, high sugar levels. There's preventative measures, there's treatment. It's, you know, it's great that we have these options. Um, but right now, uh, you know, we have to talk about the fact that it's not normal circumstances. So yes, we want to raise awareness about this, but also we have the issue of the COVID-19 pandemic. So if you, if you are a type 2 diabetes sufferer, what are the kind of extra complications that you're facing when there is this virus out there at the moment? Myself, in collaboration with some of the colleagues, in, in UK, as well as in a different paper from a group from um, assembled by Harvard University, we wrote about this point um, specifically. Now, what we know is that a person with diabetes does not have extra risk of contracting the virus. So the risk of the person with diabetes to contract the virus is as much as the person without diabetes. But the serious problem for the person with diabetes is once they get the virus, the outcome could be a lot more aggressive compared to the person without diabetes. Because the virus, like all of us, loves sugar. So if, it, if the virus comes to a body that is rich in blood glucose level and rich in sugar, it stays and becomes more aggressive. Plus, the person with high sugar levels, their immunity sometimes is a bit reduced. So they end up having a more of an aggressive type of the virus. So what can a person with diabetes do? Look after yourself, do all the social distancing, do all the masking and the alcohol and the hand washing, and look after your blood glucose level, make sure it is well controlled to avoid having an aggressive form of the virus. And, and to some extent, is it the same principle, if we're getting into the link here between uh, type 2 diabetes and cardiovascular diseases, is it the same link that if, if you are developing type 2 diabetes and, and it is to do with your lifestyle that then eventually you're going to develop a cardiovascular illness uh, whichever one that may be um, because you're unable to control those factors that led you getting type 2 diabetes or is it a kind of natural pathway that one will lead to the other no matter what it's not no matter what there is a, a strong link between how well controlled you are and um, the risk of developing the condition. So a person whose blood pressure is well controlled, a person whose blood glucose level is well controlled, a person with diabetes who quits smoking or is not smoking, and they have their fat in the blood well controlled by the appropriate medication, certainly has less risk of getting cardiovascular disease or heart conditions uh, and, cir and circulation conditions in general. Uh, it is true also that some people with very well controlled levels 
because of the nature of the problem and the chronicity of the problem, they will end up with a higher risk anyhow. But big, big data from um, um, registries in Sweden have told us that the people with diabetes, if, have, if they have all the parameters well controlled, they have very good outcome in comparison to the person without diabetes. So I don't want to send a gloomy message to people with diabetes that no matter what you do, you will have a problem. Not at all. Well-controlled people with diabetes for all the aspects of glucose levels, blood pressure, cholesterol, and all the other parameters, they have risk of developing cardiac heart conditions or die with them, with them similar to those without diabetes, provided we provide all of this care. Dr. Abdullah, what are those cardiovascular illnesses that we're referring to uh, specifically? So uh, I just want to go back to what Dr. Mohad Hassanin mentioned. I think that, you know, we, we as a physician, we should, you know, involve our patients and, and the families and uh, even the policymakers in this discussion because it is, it is as he said, and, and we all agree, it's, it's a chronic disease and got impact in everyone. So the prevention, I think, is important. Lifestyle is should be structured as we structure. The, you know, we have you know this, the, the prescribe the medication. We have to prescribe the lifestyle in terms of how to walk, where to walk, and uh, with with with, uh, with what sort of diet they should take, what sort of you know uh, food and, and and lifestyle in general could be a that I think should be a cornerstone in an, our you know, management in, of any chronic disease like diabetes. Then we come to uh, the complications or the links, as you said, for, for the car. Most of diabetic die of cardiovascular disease, and that's why we, we say so either die of heart attack or die of the cerebrovascular diseases or the heart failure. Then comes the other complication, which Dr. Mohammed Hussain mentioned, to the eye, the kidneys, and the nerves. But, you know, these, these major complications, which is cardiovascular related, you know, we can prevent it by, you know, starting by prevention. And when it happens, still the prevention should be there. You know, say somebody got heart attack now, I still should continue with the prevention, which is called secondary prevention. Here I need to, again, focus on blood pressure, focus on the cholesterol, focus on the obesity and diet. Then, of course, there are medication available, which helps in terms of focusing on sugar as well as preventing the, those second events, like having heart attack in future or having uh, worsening their heart failure. Sam, if I bring you in here from the point of view of Boehringer Ingelheim, why, why is it that all these things we're discussing are perhaps not as well understood or as well known as they should be? And what are you and, and doctors like Dr. Abdullah, Dr. Mohammed doing to kind of help bridge this awareness gap, apart from, of course, recording this podcast? Yeah, I believe that the pharmaceutical companies are part of the healthcare system. And it's not only about ensuring the patient access to medication, but also collaboration and partnership. And that's why, honestly, we are working very closely with the key opinion leaders, health authorities, and societies to raise public awareness on different diseases, such type 2 diabetes and cardiovascular diseases. And that's why, honestly, we have recently conducted several initiatives to achieve this in the Middle East area. Like, for example, early this year, we have launched the ERAID webinars is some sort of continuous education, uh, continuous medical education to support healthcare professionals and communities during COVID-19. And maybe part of our presence today is to raise the public awareness, especially during the World Diabetes Day. Early 17 and 18, we have launched, for example, a close to heart campaign, which built on a survey for almost 700 patients in order to understand the gap 
in the knowledge about diabetes and the cardiovascular risk. So yes, we are working hand in hand with the healthcare provider society in order to raise awareness on diabetes and other diseases. The general issue of the lack of awareness has been that people are not seeing the, how the dots connect here. But it, but it, it all seems to begin with the fact that the lifestyle risks, the factors that everybody, I guess, does understand, whether it's inactivity or, or bad diet, too much sugar, um, or, or not, you know, getting checked out or, you know, speaking to their, their health professionals or their doctors about what they perhaps are at risk from or knowing their family history. It sounds like the, the, the issue is that it requires quite a bit of effort for people to kind of understand this and, and maybe they only really begin to learn about it when it's too late. And and it, part of that is human awareness. But I mean, Dr. Abdullah, Dr. Mohammed, from your points of view, you see a lot of patients, uh, you know, is there a magic bullet here to kind of bridge this, this knowledge gap? Certainly. I mean, the multi the, the sort of approach, my multiple agents, um, the healthcare professionals, the media, the industry, um, the authorities will help to raise the awareness of people. And we, while we're talking about sugar and diabetes, we should not forget the other very important risk, um, which is salt. Blood pressure, high blood pressure and diabetes are like twins. And high blood pressure is very much related to excessive salt. So while we're trying to raise the awareness of diabetes, it's prudent that we alarm every person with diabetes or with um, overweight to cut down on salt as well, because that will prevent having high blood pressure, which is have got the same consequences on the heart and the circulation and the brain and the kidneys of the person. So this multiple approach by uh, yourselves as media, the industry, um, societies talking to each other, different specialties in medicine talking with each other. Um, Dr. Abdullah Shahab is a senior heart specialist, myself as a doctor in diabetes and hormones. Together, we can um, raise the profile so that people can be a, a bit more about, aware about it and take some positive steps. At level of the society, you know, either Emirates Care Society, diabetes, internal medicine, and um, we have a really a journal now which is unite us together, all the societies, to focus on the chronic diseases like diabetes, high blood pressure, you know, high cholesterol. And, and rightly said, you know, diabetes is not an isolated disease, as you can see, or the risk factor. It happens with other risk factors. I rarely see, I mean, in my clinic, patients just diabetes. They got other risk factors like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, central obesity, smoker, Yes, under too much stress because of the pandemic nowadays, of course. So, so all these risk factors, you know, this is it's it's, it's obvious link to the that tells you is this patient going to have heart attack? This patient going to die of sudden death? This patient going to be having a stroke anytime? So, really, it's it's again there's a collaboration between the different specialties. Now, this is an event like this, which is through the media. And we, we do it at the society level as well. We try to, you know, sit together, all the societies, I mean, the, at least the, who are interested in this field, and, and, and discuss the patient as a whole, not just as a diabetes or as a high blood pressure or no. Just bring that patient together and discuss it from all aspects. I think this kind of information, this kind of events, and of course the help of media is great because the media impact 
you know, on the on the population is is you know you can see it in pandemic of the of COVID. You see everyone now educated in COVID. I think I remember when we first uh, conducted a survey on pandemic uh, COVID it was in, in March. Nobody, even the, among the professional, they didn't have little knowledge. But because of, I think the media did a great job. So I think media should really have a more role in, 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 in having this kind of discussion and disseminating right information from right people. We'll wrap it up now with Osama. If, if Boehringer Ingelheim has any kind of last uh, words uh, for our audience for this year's uh, World Diabetes Day. Actually, uh, this year, our message is that we will work together with the healthcare providers to help more patients around the world to understand their diseases. And this is something very important. And maybe we will focus more on collaboration and partnership with authorities and societies to support patients to have better management for type 2 diabetes. And maybe the last message to the public and patients that especially during this pandemic, people should now value more their health Make sure that they are adhering to the healthy lifestyle, checking with their doctors regularly, and take the right approach to our managing type 2 diabetes. Osama Al-Hajj, General Manager and Head of Human Pharma at Boehringer Ingelheim Gulf, thank you so much. Dr. Abdallah Shahab, Consultant Cardiologist, and Dr. Mohammed Hassanin, Senior Consultant in Endocrinology. Thank you all for being with us uh, for this discussion hosted by Boehringer Ingelheim. And for you out there listening, thank you for being with us as well.